Hey everyone, this is Anthony Fleming, Senior Pastor of Church Alive, praying that this message is fresh, real and powerful in your mind, your heart, your family, every part of your life. If you enjoy these messages, subscribe to it, share it with a friend to build their faith. God bless you as you lean in to the power and presence of God's Word. Praise God. Well, you doing good? <laughs> Looks like a lot of people came to church this morning. It's great to see you. You know, I was talking to my wife recently. We, you know, we actually needed to add another service. We didn't, but next year we will. Don't worry. It's great to see you. And uh, if you're new today, I'd love to meet you in the guest lounge. And there'll be some little delicacies there. <laughs> I want to say a quick hi to the overflow. Can we give the overflow a hand? I'm glad you're here. We're going to read a passage of Scripture together. Mark chapter 16, verse 1. Then we're going to pray. Then I'm going to preach to you for three hours. When the Sabbath was over... Mary Magdalene, Mary, the mother of James and Salome brought spices so they might go to anoint Jesus' body. Very early on the first day of the week, just after sunrise, they were on their way to the tomb. And they asked each other, who will roll the stone away from the entrance of the tomb? But when they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had been rolled away. And as they entered the tomb, They saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side and they were alarmed. Don't be alarmed, he said. You are looking for Jesus, the Nazarene who was crucified. He has risen. Say that with me. He has risen. Say it again. He has risen. Those in the overflow. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him. But go and tell his disciples and Peter, just in case you weren't going to tell Peter for denying him, and Peter. He's going ahead of you in Galilee. There you'll see him just as he told you. Trembling and bewildered, the women went out and fled from the tomb. They said nothing to anyone because they were afraid. Verse 11, when they heard that Jesus was alive, someone say Jesus is alive. And that she had seen him, they did not believe him. Isn't that weird? They didn't believe him. Afterward, Jesus appeared in a different form to two of them while they were walking in the country. These returned and reported to the rest, but they did not believe them either. I thought these were men of faith. Later, Jesus appeared to the eleven as they were eating and He rebuked them for their lack of faith and their stubborn refusal to believe those who had seen Him after He had risen. And then He said to them, you're going to go into all the world and you're going to tell everyone about Me. Come on, let's pray. Jesus, I thank You so much that you are the risen Saviour. Holy Spirit, I pray you'd elevate Jesus, elevate the Father in this place. Oh God, I lift up every man, every woman. Lord, every child in our kids' space right now, every person that overflow right now. Lord, Lord, I'm just gonna speak, but I pray you do the rest. I pray there'd be miracles in this place. I pray that faith would be restored. I pray that today would be known as a day where some people's lives, they change forever. I pray there would be a, a, a tremor of restoration all about this place. Holy Spirit, breathe on people whose identities have shifted and and shaken the God they need to hear from you. So 
So I lift their lives up to you in the mighty name of Jesus. And I declare the blessing over every man, every woman, every marriage, every home, every life now in Jesus' name. Come on, let a faith-filled church say amen, 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 amen. Turn to your neighbor and tell them they're good looking people like them and then grab your seat. The title of my talk today is Walk in a Problem, Walk Out a Blessing. Walk in a problem, walk out a blessing. Have you ever walked into a place and you were the problem? Maybe that happened today. I'm trusting that some people are going to walk in a problem, but walk out a blessing. Look to your neighbor, look to your neighbor and say, I hope that's true. Yeah, hope that's true. One of the things that jumped out to me this week as I was reading through the different texts of the gospel is the sheer shock of those who followed him to the resurrection. I grew up going to church. I've been hearing the resurrection story for a long time. I believe the resurrection, but it is so interesting when you listen to or read the scriptures, how really the cross shattered their faith. The cross did not just mess with their faith, it literally shattered their faith. They did not show up to the, to the empty tomb kind of like, ah, I wonder if he's coming out like a party trick. No, they were literally going to rub spices on a dead man. In other words, they, have heard, they had heard Jesus, but his words had not yet pierced their heart. Isn't it easy to hear Jesus? but allow his words not to pierce your heart. I'll, I'll tell you today, God loves you and that may not yet pierce your heart. God has a plan for you. And you might, oh, yeah, 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 pastor, you don't, you don't know my story. God loves you and has a plan for you. And I pray that that pierces your heart, whether it's today, a week from now, a year from now, God loves you. God loves you. And he has a plan for your life. Are you with me? Mark chapter 16, verse 11 said, when they heard that Jesus was alive and that she had seen him, speaking of Mary Magdalene, they did not believe it. One of the unique things about Scripture, one of the things that I think gives you more trust in the Scriptures is that the Scriptures is brutally honest on the doubt, on the faults, on the failures of those who would later go and be the, the men of faith and the apostles who would literally build the church. It, I mean, think about it. If you're Peter for a moment and, 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 and John is writing the gospel of John and you're next to Peter and, and John is writing the gospel of John and you look at him and go, why are you going to talk about me denying him three times? Why don't you say it once? You know, don't make me look bad, Peter. Why are you going to talk about me cutting people's ears off and cussing? Peter was a cussing, cussing. He was a fisherman. He was a man's man. He just swear and stuff. And yet he became the apostle Peter who later spreads the gospel everywhere and literally dies the death of a martyr, not like Christ, but actually crucified upside down. But if I was in the text, if Fernando was writing a book about church alive, I'd say, make me look better. But what's interesting about the text of Scripture, as you read on through the Gospels, you see that Jesus was persistent in wanting people to know that the people who followed him had faults, had failures, had doubts. 
Theologians and historians tell us this, that if you were to make a case for the resurrection of Jesus, you actually would not tell people that women saw him first. Because at that time, women's, their, their, their testimony in a court of law had about half the value of a man. And so you're like, listen, if you want this story to go everywhere, don't tell them women saw him first. But Jesus shows up to women first. And so what's so interesting, all the ladies got like, excited, right. We are better. Yeah, we're better. <laughs> See, the Bible tells us these things because it is a book, not of stories, but of truth. The Bible tells us these things, and I think it, isol- uh, sorry, it accentuates these things because It is basically telling you and telling me, welcome to the club. Like, have you had doubts? Have you? But these were real men with real doubts and real concerns and and real questions and real problems. But I pray that this Easter there will be a resurrection of life in your spirit. Because the resurrection is the ultimate turnaround. You may be headed one direction. How many know the good news is if you just turn the other way before you know it, you can be going the right direction in your life. You might have been a big fool. You might have been in debt. How many of you know just to change debt? You just got to turn around and do something different. You might have been all kinds of nonsense over these last couple of years, five years, 10 years. Everyone may know you as the party guy, the user, the player. I want to tell you today, the gospel is a gospel of restoration. It restores men. It restores women. It is not just for the cute people or the nice people or those who were perfect. It is actually for the imperfect. It is actually for those who have messed up more than you and I would believe. Are you with me? Have you ever thought about the man who crucified Jesus? I'm jumping around my text, but don't worry. I've done this a few times before. (laughs) There's a man who's called the centurion that nails Jesus to the cross. And when Jesus gives up his life, this man has watched hundreds, if not thousands of men die. And most of them would have swore at him and cussed him out. And just the vulgarity that would have flowed from their lives in this time of absolute pain. And then he sees the one who nothing but love flows out when he is literally being tortured to death. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. Uh, He looks at his own mother and says, mother, receive your son. Son, receive your mother. He's taking care of people while he is literally in massive pain. He's looking at a thief on the cross who at one point was, was mocking him and he looks at him and says, today you'll be with me in paradise. And then when Jesus gives up his spirit, he says, it is finished. And then he gives up his spirit. And the Bible says from 12 o'clock to 3 o'clock in a place that is known for hot, hot sun, there is darkness over the face of the earth. 
and a centurion who has murdered hundreds if not thousands of men before literally looks at him and goes this man was the son of God do you know how devastating that would be to realize you were the one who put the nails in the hands and the feet of the one who is so different than everyone else and then to actually realize that the one you put on there was dying for you it is a good day and a good realization day when you realize that it is not just the centurion or is not just the Pharisee and the Sadducee, but it is a good day when you realize that your sin and my sin put him on the cross. Because why is there so much allegiance to Jesus? Have you ever thought to yourself, why do these people worship Jesus, put up their hands, shout, sing, holler? Why do people get crazy about Jesus? Have you ever noticed it's like, what's unique about Jesus? It is because of his utter dedication and sacrifice to others and for others. That you and I, when we look at the cross, the rightful response to the cross is actually nothing but love and obedience and sacrifice. Are you with me? Mark chapter 6. Let's dive into a different text of Scripture. Mark chapter 6, verse 18 says this. As Jesus was getting to the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, go home. Someone say, go home. Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. This is why it's so important to fix your own home first. I pray one of the fruits of our church is strong homes. Just strong home. Some people are trying to do everything in the name of God. First go home and make sure home's okay. Are you with me? So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him. And all the people were amazed. When Jesus had again crossed over by boat on the other side of the lake, a large crowd gathered around him while he was by the lake. Then one of the synagogue leaders named Jairus came. And when he saw Jesus, he fell at his feet. He pleaded earnestly with him, my little daughter is dying. Please come and put your hands on her that she will be healed and live. So Jesus went with him. A large crowd followed him and pressed around him. And a woman who was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years. Someone say 12 years. She had suffered a great deal under the care of many doctors and had spent all she had. Yet instead of getting better, she grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came up behind him in the crowd and touched his cloak because she thought, if I just touch his clothes, I will be healed. Immediately, her bleeding stopped and she felt in her body that she was freed from her suffering. Verse 34 said this, he said to her daughter, someone say daughter, your faith has healed you. Go in peace and be freed from your suffering. Um, I don't do well when I'm sick. How about you? I hate being sick. What, you know what's annoying? I take my vitamins. I work out more than my wife. She never gets sick. She barely ever goes to the gym. She thinks about going to the gym. She just never makes it. I take my vitamins. I go to the gym. I don't know why. Every time the kids get sick, I get sick. I'm going to talk to the Lord about that later when I get to heaven. I was like, I was healthier than her. What's the deal? I don't do well sick. 
Remember when it was 14 days to slow the, the, slow the spread? I got sick that day. That was actually a good day to get sick because no one could go anywhere anyway. And uh, so I got sick. I was sick for probably 15 days, I think. It was kind of bad flu. And, um, but I've had this discussion a lot with men of the years on how we get treated when we're sick. We're going to have a little group therapy. After this, we're going to go downstairs to our thrive room and some men who just want to hash out how we get treated when we're sick. Uh, we're going to have a good time. It's going to be a good time. Um, day one, if I'm sick, my wife's going, okay, yeah, okay, here's some soup. Day two, day three, she doesn't say it, but I see it in her eyes. She was like, is that what you're going to be? Is it, you're going to be a little sick man? Is that... Is that Little sickly man, is that who I married? Little sickly man. I got enough to do all by myself with the kids and you're just gonna lay there in bed and just pretend to be sick? That's, that's how I feel, that's how I read it. Day six, day seven, she's closing the door, he's still sick, texting people. Oh, they said better for worse, richer for poorer. I guess this is the worst bit. That's how I feel. But I've talked to other men and they feel the same way. I'm not sure what's happening. How many brothers I got? Mm. 14, 15 days sick. I don't do well sick. This woman is sick for 12 years. Not 12 months. 12 years. She showed up in kindergarten and then you didn't see her from first grade to 12th grade. She is a forgotten memory. The woman in the text, she is not invited to parties. She is literally isolated from everyone she knows. She has to walk around. And when she walks around in a crowd, she has to tell people, unclean, unclean. To say that this woman is in a desperate situation is an understatement. She has been paralyzed by this sickness. And the Bible says she has gone to doctor after doctor and the Harvard grads and the Princeton grads and the Yale grads and all of them made her worse. It's one thing to go to a doctor and you didn't get better. It's another thing. He messed with you. And that's the state of this woman. She is in a bad place and she begins to hear rumors of Jesus. Someone say rumors of Jesus. Oh, she's heard lots of things over time. This thing can heal you and that thing can heal you. But this time, it's like hope begins to kind of rise up in her soul. Like maybe this time is different. I'm hearing lots of stories about this particular man. And wherever he goes, rumors seem to go. And literally hospitals seem to get empty. Wherever he goes. Demons get cast out and, and blind eyes see and the deaf hear and the lame walk and he shows up to funerals and turns them into festivities. Oh, there was no one like Jesus. So the rumors around Jesus spread everywhere. And I can imagine this woman though, for a moment though, she's been hope-filled before and so she gets hope on the inside, but she pushes it down. I pushes it down and pushes it down, but maybe she hears another story and another story. And all of a sudden this woman throws away all her disappointments and her discouragements and she begins to walk. We don't know how many miles, but she's walking to Jesus. She has fought some internal barriers to get to Jesus. You know that most times I actually find that there are internal barriers to get to Jesus? I did this, pastor. 
You know, people told me over the years, um, Pastor, I'd go to your church, but the ceiling would fall in. I'm like, you're not that bad, man. Jesus can forgive anyone. You know what I've also found over time? People come to church for a little while and then they get separated from church. Six months, yet one year out of church. And they say, I was going to come back, but I wanted, I thought everyone was going to talk about me. You know what I found over time? They're glad you're back. I want to tell some people who maybe you have not yet come back to church and you're watching online today. I want to tell you when, when you come back, we're glad you're back. No condemnation in Christ Jesus. Glad you're back. I remember going to a, a fair many years ago and uh, a woman who had attended our church and then had not attended our church was there and my wife and I went up and we gave her a hug. And she was like, oh my gosh, you gave us a hug. And we're like, well, yeah, why wouldn't we give you a hug? And she was like, oh, because I left one other church and they never talked to me again. And, and that woman came back to our church. Why? Because we gave her a hug. Give some people a hug. Just, you're not a hugger, hug them anyway. You ever, you ever hug someone, they're awkwardly not a hugger? You're just like, oh, okay. Someone say what this is. No, 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 you didn't get it. Let me talk to the other side of the room. <laughs> that was good. That was good. You're listening though. You're listening. Not as smart as I thought, but you're listening. Uh, someone say white gate. There we go. This is a white gate. <laughs> The funny thing is about this thing right here is this is a dog barrier. We've got a beautiful golden retriever, Shiloh, and when he's bad, which he often is, he needs Jesus, but he won't come to church. I'm, I'm trying to get him to come to church. I'm like, Shiloh, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord, and he just doesn't seem to come. But anyway, keep your dog away from church. Just I want to let you know. It's funny that this is a barrier to him. He's 70 pounds. He can knock this over in a moment. But when we put him behind it, he just sits here. <laughs> you going to let me out? No. And occasionally we forget him in there. And then 20, 30 minutes later, we're like, he's just still sitting there. <laughs> it is a limitation in his mind only. He has all the power to break free of it, but he is hiding behind this white gate, limited in his own mind. This woman is limited in her own mind, but she gets tired of this gate, knocks it down, says, I'm not going to live behind that anymore. And I just think there's some people in this place who need to say, I'm not going to live behind the lies, the limitations. You don't know what I did. Did you see what Jesus did on the cross? Last week, you might have been drunk and high in all the wrong places. But this week, you can change your life. 
This week you can trust in Jesus. Limitations in your mind. You know the next limitation this woman has to battle? is She's finally walked her way to Jesus. And then the problem with Jesus is he is surrounded by people. Have you ever noticed that sometimes people are your greatest barrier to walking with Jesus? Because around Jesus will always be people. Good people and great people, generous people, forgiving people, kind people, loving people, lying people, lazy people, hypocritical people. Sometimes we look and and we see a church and maybe a leader did something they shouldn't have done. And I've often found that it becomes this barrier to people. They're like, ah, I was was following them and now all of a sudden I don't follow anymore because I was following them. Were you following them or were you following Jesus? Leadership is important. Leadership, having character is actually vital. But how many know, as long as you live, there'll be leaders that disappoint you. There'll be leaders that let you down. But are you following the leader or are you following Christ? I hope you don't follow me, but I do hope you follow Christ. Christ Jesus is the one worth following. And if I follow Him well, then my life will be worth following. Sometimes the greatest limitations are in our minds. Sometimes they're exterior. Oh, that church and this church and that reason and that reason. And I just want to tell someone today, don't let silly barriers stop you coming to Jesus. She pushes her way past her inner barriers and then the external barriers. And the Bible says she touches the hem of his garment. And when she touches just the hem of his garment, he doesn't inspect her. He doesn't take her to the doctor's office and take the stethoscope. He doesn't check her eyes, doesn't check anything. He literally touches just a piece of cloth and power flows into this woman which tells me sometimes you can go to church but not get to Jesus. You can be near Jesus but not get to Jesus. But what I love about this woman is she kept saying something powerful to herself. She kept saying, if I just touch the hem of his garment, I shall be whole. Paul says she kept saying it. Someone say, keep saying it. Come on, say, keep saying it. She keeps saying to herself. Why does she keep saying to herself? Because she has so many other competing thoughts. She has disappointment after disappointment. She has a crowd of people that literally could look at her and say, you are literally Levitically unclean to get to Jesus. You can't even be around this crowd. She has every reason not to get to Jesus, but she doesn't use them. I wonder how many people here today, you got every reason not to get to Jesus, but I want to encourage you, be like this woman. We find ourselves in this text because she has a problem that no one else can solve. It's not about her being a woman. It's about her being human. And the problem with humanity isn't political. It isn't financial. It isn't just education. The problem with humanity is that it's disconnected from God. If you want to look around the world, you say, Anthony, there's something wrong with the world. You agree with the Bible. 
You say there's evil people and bad people and blah, 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 blah. You agree with the Bible. There's problems in the world, you agree with the Bible. You're like, oh, I didn't realize I agree with the Bible this much. You do. Because the Bible tells you that all of us, it's funny, when I had kids, I never had to teach them to lie. There's no class at kindergarten. Lying, 101. Here's how to lie. Know the truth and just don't say it. There's no class in kindergarten on how to be selfish. Do you know they say two-year-olds are the most selfish, violent of all the species? They, they, they see a gift and just beat someone and get it, steal it. You think, you think your boy Danny's perfect and then put him in a pit with one toy and five little kids and watch MMA break out. But what I love about Jesus is Jesus looks at this woman, a woman who has been isolated, separated, vilified, rejected, mistreated. I love about Jesus is he notices power go from him and then says, daughter, what's this now? Daughter, isn't it amazing how one word from Jesus can mean so much? Daughter, that's all he says, daughter. She's a daughter of Israel, but she is disconnected from Israel. And now in one moment, Jesus says, daughter, reinstating her to her original purpose, restoring her to her original identity. She was always meant to be a daughter, but sickness and disease and the the problems of this world had separated her. But now she gets to the king of all kings and he says, daughter, Your faith has healed you. She had doubts, but she had faith. She had questions, she had fears, but she had faith. Daughter, your faith has healed you. Now go in peace. Three words, three little words. Go in peace. Go in peace, go in peace. Go home with peace. Go back to your old environment with peace. Go back to your family with peace. Go back. And how many of you know that sometimes if you've been isolated for 12 years and you go on back to your family, you might have a little party, but then you probably need to separate from people because you haven't been around people a long time. So she's healed, but she's still a little bit dysfunctional. And sometimes in Christian circles, people get forgiven and people get healed, but then they wonder why there's still some dysfunction because you've lived without God's purpose for 30 years. And then in one moment, you get forgiven and you get healed and you get reinstated. And then you're wondering why you still go back to old caves, old habits, old ways of thinking. That's why the Bible says, don't just believe upon Jesus. But now He says, renew your mind. You know, medical doctors tell us that we have the same thought thoughts basically 95% of the time that we had yesterday unless we change them. That's why sometimes you walk into the house of God and you feel the presence of God but you walk out back to your house and the dishes are a mess and there's still some dysfunction and there's still some moments where you don't have peace yet but Jesus says, listen, Don't live like you used to live. Now live like I created you to be. 
Someone say, if I just get to Jesus. I want to tell you today, you don't work your way to Jesus. I want to tell you today, you don't give your way to Jesus. You believe your way to Jesus. You might be like, oh, I got doubts, I got questions. You believe your way to Jesus. Don't just sit there and evaluate someone else's faith. Just start fixing your eyes on Jesus. And you'd be surprised what begins to happen in your spirit, what begins to happen in your mind. Don't compare yourself to what you did last week. Let that go. And let him say, son, daughter, be healed, be restored. You know, when I was young, well, younger. <laughs> when I first became a pastor, um, I'd watched a bunch of movies and none of the movies I'd watched did I want to be that guy. He was normally weak. He was normally, I don't know. I didn't feel like he was that manly. Um, the, 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 the movies that I watched where they were pastors, they were normally corrupt and the media made them bad in your mind. And so I'd tell people, I'm a, I'd go to tell someone I'm a pastor and I'm like, well, that might go weird. Why do I say that? I say that because some of you, when you think Christian, you think of that one person who was a bit weird, a bit hypocritical, a bit this, and that's been the barrier to you following Jesus because you think you have to be like that person. I want to tell you, you don't have to be like that person. You can become like Jesus. You can begin to reflect Jesus. You can be a lion. You can be an ox. You can be an eagle. You can be the reflection of the image of God. You can reflect womanhood as Jesus would desire you to reflect womanhood. You can reflect manhood as Jesus would desire you to reflect manhood. Oh! Don't let other people's failures stop you from being the authentic, real you. This woman didn't allow her past, didn't allow people to stop her from getting to Jesus. And I just wondered today, are there some people in this place that will push away the past and the excuses and the sins and even the perceptions of other people and just bring the only one who can forgive you. Come on all across this place, would you close your eyes? Father, I thank you for these beautiful people. I thank you for their lives. You know everything about them, everything, Lord. And I have preached your word, but now, God, I thank you that you will do your miracles. Spirit of the living God in this place right now, restore someone's faith. Restore the image of God in them. Break the things that would bind them and stop them actually knowing you and following after you and becoming an example in their lives and their families, in their business, in their job. Wherever they are, help them become what they are meant to become. Pour out your grace and pour out your spirit. Let someone who's never, ever connected to you for the first time, let him connect to you right now. 
Oh, I thank you, Jesus, that you are here. Draw people's hearts to yourself. All across this place, while eyes are closed, those in the overflow, while eyes are closed right now, this is a, such an important moment in this church. If you are here today and perhaps you have never received Jesus, never accepted Jesus, I'm going to ask you to do something. I'm going to ask you to pray a prayer with me. Then I'm going to simply ask you to step out in faith and simply stand to your feet. We're going to pray as a church family. But I'm also going to include some other people in here that you recognize as I've been preaching to you today that yes, you believe in Jesus, but you've allowed so many different things to stop you from living out this life that God has for you. And you are pushing over the gate today. So all across this place, why don't we pray this prayer? Say, Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you rose from the dead. I ask you, come into my life. Be my Lord. Be my Saviour. Be my very best friend. And I'm going to ask you to do something real quick. If you prayed that prayer and you say, Pastor Anthony, today I'm receiving Christ. Today I'm putting my faith in Jesus. I'm going to ask you quickly. Every time in Scripture, there was a command of action. So quickly, stand to your feet all across this place. All across this place, stand to your feet if you're receiving Christ. Receiving Christ, come on, stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Stand to your feet. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All across this place, stand to your feet. Thank you, sir. Thank you, sir. All across this place, thank you, ma'am, in the back there. Anyone else today? Stand up just long enough for me to see it. Long enough for me to see it. Stay standing just for a moment. Thank you, ma'am. There's another one. There's another one. That's awesome today. Thank you. Now, those of you that know, you've allowed lots of things to stop you and hinder you from walking with God today. That message spoke to you and say, I want to be free of that. You stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. Stand to your feet right now. Just as an act of faith right now. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for people standing all across this place. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Holy Spirit, draw every person that needs to stand by faith as a declaration to say, Jesus, I am breaking free from the past and I am stepping into new life in Christ Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Father. Bless them, I pray, exceedingly. Every single person, stand to your feet right now. Come on, every single person, stand to your feet right now. Father, I pray for your people right now. And I just ask in the mighty name of Jesus that you would bless them and strengthen them Oh, fill them now, I pray, with the Holy Spirit that their lives and families might be so blessed as we leave this moment. In the name of Jesus, I pray. Come on, can we give the Lord a hand one more time? Church alive.